You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, regular screenings could prevent deaths from cervical cancer, but more women are putting them off during the pandemic. He was like, honey, you have cancer. I'm like, what? Who has cancer? He was like, you do. And now that Governor Andrew Cuomo is stepping down, what do we know about our new future governor, Kathy Hochul? I will fight like hell for you every single day, like I've always done and always will. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. The pandemic shutdowns forced a lot of women into delaying annual exams. That includes cervical screenings. And doctors say this has put some women at risk. My colleague Raquel Steven has this story. Birana Devine wears a pair of teal and white ribbon-shaped earrings that are engraved with the word surviving. They have special meaning for her. It's an acceptance. It was a shock at first. And then it went from shock to being flat to a little anger, to now I'm at, let's just, just just get this over with, man. I'm like, I'm, I just want it over with. Divine's roller coaster of emotions began a little over a month ago when she received a call from her longtime gynecologist. He was like, honey, you have cancer. I'm like, what? Who has cancer? He was like, you do. Now the teal and white of her earrings represent cervical cancer awareness. According to the CDC, cervical cancer used to be the leading cause of cancer deaths for women in the United States. But regular screenings, or pap smears, have resulted in a significant decline in cases and deaths over the last few decades. That's because the human papillomavirus, or HPV, which is linked to the cancer, can be easily detected during regular screenings. But recently, there's been a sharp decline in screenings, particularly among African-American women. The CDC attributes this to the COVID-19 pandemic. Devine says being a full-time caregiver for her daughter, along with the restrictions of the pandemic, caused her to miss her regular screenings. COVID hit and I missed that one year because everything got shut down. And then the next year, it just got pushed back more than it should have. Dr. Marianne Wilbur is a physician at URMC's Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. She says prioritizing screenings is usually a struggle for marginalized women who often have greater family and financial responsibilities. Getting a pap smear is not necessarily as big a you know priority as getting rent paid, getting the kids to school, getting the kids fed. Wilbur says cervical cancer is a disease more common and more caught in the later stage in women of color and those of lower economic status. She says this particular cancer progresses slowly and can be caught before it becomes a clinical problem, but women must first prioritize their health. Those missed screenings actually are missed opportunities, but if we get these women back in, we could overcome some of the losses. Dr. David Adler is an emergency physician at URMC who has been dedicated to overcoming some of those losses. Adler is leading a clinical trial designed to market screenings to women who aren't getting them. The communities where it's much lower are women with either no health insurance or who are underinsured, women of color, immigrants, 
And the CDC actually identified the group of women least likely to be up to date with recommended cervical cancer screening as those women who use the emergency department as their usual source of care. The trial involves sending a direct text message with a link to schedule a screening. It says something to the effect of nationally 80% of women get regular cervical cancer screening. You can too at your own convenience by contacting like, and then they have links to contact. Adler says if a person gets the sense that pap smear screenings are normal, they're more likely to schedule an appointment. The pilot study generated a 20% increase in cervical screenings, and as a result, Adler and his trial team received a grant to conduct the trial on a larger scale. If screening results appear normal and no HPV is detected, your doctor may recommend visits every three to five years. As for Divine, her doctors are recommending a hysterectomy. She said she has learned one important thing through all of this. I did say, though, when this is all said and done, I am going to put more time into myself. Raquel Steven is the health reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Evan Dawson from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigned this week. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. When Cuomo steps aside on August 24th, New York's lieutenant governor will take his place, Kathy Hochul. The 62-year-old Buffalo native will be the first female governor of New York. My colleague Karen DeWitt has been covering Hochul since she took office in 2015. She has this story about our soon-to-be governor. Kathy Hochul is not exactly a household name around New York State. The lieutenant governor in her sixth year in office has stayed in the shadows compared to the attention-seeking Andrew Cuomo. It is my high honor to welcome you to... Until recently, her most notable public appearances have been to introduce the governor at the annual State of the State speech and to talk up his agenda. But Hochul, known for her warm and upbeat personality, is a successful elected official in her own right. In 2011, she won a special election for a congressional seat and held it for 18 months until her defeat to the now-disgraced Chris Collins. Hochul's grandparents emigrated from Ireland. Her father was a former steelworker in Lackawanna who rose to head his own information technology company. Hochul attended Syracuse University. She received her law degree from Catholic University. Her husband, Bill, also a lawyer, is the former U.S. attorney for the Western District of New York. After law school, she worked in Washington for New York elected officials, including former New York Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan. But she had to quit when she found the hours conflicted with looking after her small child. She shared the experience in an interview with public radio and TV last August. I loved my job, but the hours were crazy. I mean, we would work morning till night, and sometimes through, we literally pulled all-nighters uh, when they were in session. You have a child, 
nobody to watch the kids. She moved back to Buffalo, had another child, and eventually ran for town council in the suburb of Hamburg. Fourteen years later, she was elected as Erie County Clerk. Hochul, a lifelong Democrat, at the time was more conservative than liberal. She vocally opposed then-Governor Elliot Spitzer's efforts to grant driver's licenses to undocumented immigrants, saying that if they tried to apply, she'd call the sheriff to bring them in for questioning. And when she ran for Congress, the National Rifle Association endorsed her. Hochul has since changed her view on the driver's licenses, and she split with the NRA over the issue of school shootings. In 2014, the state's then-lieutenant governor, former Rochester Mayor Bob Duffy, declined to seek re-election, saying back problems prevented him from continuing a busy travel schedule. Cuomo chose Hochul as a replacement, introducing her at the 2014 Democratic State Convention in a promotional video. She picked up travel duties with enthusiasm, often attending five or six events a day from Buffalo to New York City. Hochul's also been an avid participant in a series of sporting contests Cuomo's held to promote tourism, including the Adirondack Winter Challenge, where she broke her wrist and several ribs while attempting a ski jump. She recounted the experience at a meeting of the Common Ground Alliance in Long Lake, recorded by North Country Public Radio. I dismissed the airbag completely. <laughs> So, um, I want to tell you that the quality of health care in the North Country is really good. Despite the injuries, the years of campaign-style appearances earned her a wide array of allies in every corner of the state. When Cuomo in 2018 indicated he might want Hochul off of the ticket, suggesting she might want to try again for her former congressional seat, Hochul asserted herself. She called a series of journalists into her private offices outside the Senate chamber to signal her intentions and then made clear that she intended to run for a second term as lieutenant governor. The governor and I are running together, and we are sworn in on January 1, 2019. You'll look back and say this is the biggest non-story of the year. Karen DeWitt is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. Since the story first ran, Hochul has spoken publicly about her transition to governor. While it was not expected, it is a day for which I am prepared. And the promise I make to all New Yorkers, right here and right now, I will fight like hell for you every single day, like I've always done and always will. Hochul has also said she plans to run for a full term next year. You've been listening to Earshot from WXXI News. And we want to know, what are the stories you're thinking about? What are you talking about in your community? Drop us a line at earshot at wxxi.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date on local news. Find even more at our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. And just a heads up, next week Earshot will be on hiatus. But we'll be back August 27th. In the meantime, tell your friends about us, listen to old episodes, subscribe, and review the show. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.